bitch. Is that better? Is bitch better? Is bitch better? Is bitch better? Hey, bitches. Welcome back to another episode of Bitches Better. I'm your host, Raven, and it's Bravo Day. A big Bravo Day, actually. I'm going to recap Potomac, Atlanta, and Below Deck today. But before we get into that, we got to get into some news. Um, oh my God, y'all, Summer House trailer dropped. <laughs> this is probably the most excited I've been since, like, I don't know. Oh, since, like, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City started. So, season five premieres uh, February 4th, and I just cannot wait. I'm so excited. Y'all know how much I love Summer House, so I'm super hype about this. The trailer gave me everything I needed and more. Thank you, Bravo. And thank you, cast of Summer House. So it seems like this season they should change the show's name to Quarantine House instead of Summer House because that's what it is. There's no coming to the house for the weekend and then going back to regular life during the week. No, they are all in this house together for six weeks. I don't know if they like ever leave the house or if they have people over, but I don't even care. I'm just excited to see them and all the drama that's about to go down. So we've got a new house that doesn't look so great from the outside, but I'm sure the inside is very nice. We've got a new girl, Sierra, a beautiful black queen. Um, I don't know much about her except for what I see on Instagram. And what I see is that she is gorgeous and she's an ICU nurse, which is dope. So hello, Sierra. Welcome. I am so happy to see you. So happy to see you. It's about time we've got a black person on this show. And then we have Luke. <laughs> oh, Luke, I have so much to say about him, but I'm going to start by saying he clearly has a death wish because he's hooking up with uh, Sierra, the new girl, and Lindsay. And, you know, Hannah is not having it because they have their whole little thing and they're all in the same fucking house. Like, come on, Luke, <laughs> you can't do this. Well, you can't do it and make it out alive. So <laughs> I don't know. Now, we have a mystery on our hands and I'll tell you what this is. So shout out to um, Holla Back Cards on Instagram for pointing this out. The trailer says 10 friends, six weeks, one quarantine, but there's only nine people in the cast photo. So in the photo, we have Sierra, Luke, Paige, who has her hand on Carl's knee, by the way. So we'll be keeping an eye on that because she's definitely broken up with Perry in real time. Um, then we have Danielle, Carl, Lindsay, Hannah, Kyle, and Amanda. So everyone's like, oh my God, like who's the 10th friend? People are guessing Paige's boyfriend, um, Lindsay's boyfriend, Jules. I guessed lover boy, but... <laughs> I was just being stupid. It doesn't really matter to me. The funny thing was a ton of people were in my DMs guessing that the 10th person <laughs> was Luke. And I was like, y'all, Luke is in the cast photo. He's right there. <laughs> but he is so unrecognizable that no one even knew it was him. And I don't mean just like a handful of people were DMing me. I mean, it was a shit ton. So he obviously shaved his beard, which was not a good call. Um, his hair is long and slicked back, which I don't love. And he's looking a lot like Jonathan Chibben, um, aka Food God. You know, the guy who's always up uh, Kim Kardashian's ass. He's like the top hanger on of that group. So I don't, I don't know if he's had any work done or if it's just the things that I listed that's making him look like a completely different person, but no one recognized him. And I thought that was hilarious, hilarious. Um, so yeah, that's, that's it for Summer House. Super exciting. Um, February 4th can just hurry up and come on now because I'm ready. Now the next thing. Oh, I, I wasn't going to say anything about this, but <laughs> I have to. Um, so I kept seeing this story circulating around Instagram. And it was Kristen Cavallari hanging out with Craig and Austin from Southern Charm. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Why is she hanging out with them? And, you know, because it's just super random and it's like very odd and upsetting because I feel like she's above that for some reason that I can't explain. <laughs> But I guess I thought wrong. So anyway, 
Um, they're all zooted, okay? And they went on live and they were singing Taylor Swift songs and they were just having the time of their lives, okay? <laughs> so one of the songs that they were singing was the We Are Never Getting Back Together song. And Austin appeared to be singing it very aggressively and with like a lot of passion. He even threw up a middle finger and yelled, fuck you. And all of that tells me that he will absolutely be trying to get back with Madison at some point in the future because he's doing entirely too much with all of that. It's pathetic, actually, but it's very on brand for him, to be honest. So um, also at one point, Kristen was on Austin's shoulders dancing and people are speculating that they hooked up and I'd love to think that she has better taste than that, but I don't know. <laughs> Stranger things have happened, y'all. I don't know. I think both of them were probably just trying to make their exes jealous, um, whether a hookup occurred or not, which is stupid, but you know, whatever, live your bliss. Um, I don't know. I, I guess if something else happens, I'm sure I'll see it because everyone and their mama was posting about this, okay? Now, new developments in the Erica and Tom Girardi embezzlement uh, story. So a federal judge has frozen Tom and his firm's assets. And the judge was like, oh, I'm referring you to the U.S. Attorney's Office for criminal investigation because this is outrageous. And I was like, Ooh, yikes. Um, and then during the hearing, Tom's attorney said that Tom does not have the two million that he owes to these clients that he embezzled this money from and that his firm only has $15,000 in its accounts, and that they weren't even able to make payroll recently, and that he's expecting to have, you know, a battle over his assets because of Erica filing for divorce, which is like, yikes again. But the judge was also probably like, okay, not my problem. You owe these people this money, like you stole from them, and that's against the law. So yeah. <laughs> so... This whole thing is a mess and it literally keeps getting worse with each passing day. Y'all know I'm going to be watching this story very closely, <laughs> so stay tuned, okay? And that's it for the news today. Um, and I'd like to start these recaps by saying that the Bravo app is trash, okay? It's awful. And usually, like, it's on some bullshit when I'm trying to watch something, but baby, when I was trying to watch Potomac in Atlanta, it was on some shit I've never seen or experienced before. So I think that I saw everything, but there is a possibility that I may have missed some things because the app was acting up. So that's a disclaimer. <laughs> so yes, uh, let's get into it. I'm going to start with Potomac. So, um, you know how the reunions start, Andy goes around to everyone's rooms and he's checking on them and saying, Hey, and nothing important really happened with those, except this is when, you know, Monique tells us that she's come with her receipt, <laughs> her binder of receipts. And she's like, yep, call me the accountant. And it's like, okay, girl. And then before she's about to go out, <laughs> Chris is like, let's just say a prayer. And he like, says a little prayer. And then he's like, also, um, read them for filth in Jesus name. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I have never seen anything like that. And that's when I knew that we were in for a treat with this, <laughs> with this fucking reunion. Okay. So everyone goes to sit down. Everyone looks pretty, but, um, what the fuck is in Robin's hair? It's like a weird print and it, it looks crazy as hell and it and it actually pissed me off because she looks beautiful aside from that obviously because she's gorgeous but like I actually really like her dress and it's not often <laughs> that I like anything that Robin is wearing okay so the fact that she ruined this with her stupid hair really pissed me off it's really disappointing so then they get started and Andy does his favorite thing which is ask one of the women today it was Karen uh, what work they had done to their face because they look different. <laughs> so Karen was like, oh, I had something injected to my nose because I was having a hard time breathing or whatever the fuck she said. But she didn't look different to me though. I don't know. So this whatever. I think she looks great. And she is, uh, she gets best dressed for me besides Monique. But 
she has got on this clear bra and you can see the clasp in the front because the dress is very low cut and that really bugs me like why don't you just tape your titties up instead like they literally make that now titty tape like please come on it just reminded me of middle school you know when you would you would put those clear bra straps on your bra so you could wear them with like little spaghetti strap tops <laughs> or like or like tube tops but you could still clearly see the clear plastic straps. So I don't even know what was better. Just having your regular bra strap showing with the little spaghetti strap tops that we weren't supposed to be wearing to school anyways, or doing it with the clear plastic straps. Like, oh my God, early 2000s, man. What a time to be alive. What a time. Anyway, Andy asks, um, who has changed the most and the least. And everyone pretty much says that Karen has changed the most and Giselle has changed the least. And I think I agree with that. Then Andy asks Karen what she thinks of Giselle's style. <laughs> and she says it's a mess and Giselle knows it, but it's her trademark and that it's been very entertaining to her during quarantine. And to that, I say me too. She definitely, she definitely gives us something to talk about with each outfit. So I thank her for that. Okay. And Wendy says, Giselle suffers from something called pretty girl syndrome, meaning she doesn't have to try. And I agree. But the problem is she does try. And that's why her outfits be looking such a mess. Like it just put on a plain white tank top and some jeans. You can even throw a kimono on top of it if you're feeling spicy. Like... <laughs> You know, that's Nini's go-to, right? But seriously, like, just chill with all the patterns and bright colors and statement pieces. Like, just go back to the basics, and I believe you will be good. Then, Messy Andy asks Robin what she thinks of Giselle's style. And she says that, you know, she makes some bold fashion choices that aren't for her, but she rocks them. Translation, I think they're ugly, but she's my best friend, so I'm not going to say that about her right now. <laughs> Uh, and then Candace is like, I would just really love to see you with like an amazing stylist just one day. <laughs> so, so everyone is like, yeah, your clothes are trash, babe. Like do better. But Giselle is not hearing it. And she's also, she also ends up blaming Karen for the fact that like all of us talk about how bad she dresses. And it's like, no, Karen has done a lot of things, but this is something that you did to yourself. That's why we talk about you because your clothes are terrible, okay? So, you know, she tries to comfort Karen and she said that her Fendi jumpsuit was fake. And Karen was like, uh, 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 I had that altered. And that's why it says Endy instead of Fendi. You know, I'm not sure what to believe, but I love that she said that. It just made me laugh. So now it's Wendy's turn to be in the hot seat and we get a montage of her talking about her degrees and Karen... Karen talking shit about her and Andy brings up the fact that Giselle was super nice to Wendy but any other time there's a new girl she's a shady bitch to them and she was like yeah it's because we're sorority sisters you know and they're both AKAs um then part of me wondered if the fact that Karen didn't like Wendy had something to do with why Giselle cozied up to her as well you know like on some the enemy of my enemy is my friend type of shit you know so anyway Andy asks if she's still teaching, and she says, yes, she's still teaching at the Johns Hopkins University, and Andy's like, great, that's, I'm really impressed by that, and Wendy is like, well, thank you, I'm glad you are, and then Ashley said something that I feel like expressed how a lot of people feel about Wendy and her degrees. She says that it's, it's not that I wasn't impressed or I was trying to take away from your accomplishments. I just wasn't feeling how you used your accomplishments to put other people down. And Wendy didn't even acknowledge it because she knows it's true. And I just can't stand a bitch that does that. Just because you have a bunch of degrees doesn't make you any better than the next bitch. It just doesn't. And it's gross to do that. It's not, I don't like it. So Giselle says that Karen was trying to get Wendy off the show from day one. <laughs> And that she allegedly told Giselle and Robin that Wendy wasn't a good fit for the show. Karen says she didn't say that. <laughs> she said what she said was she wasn't connecting with Wendy. And Wendy was like, no, Karen doesn't like me because I didn't come to her looking for like a mentor or a big sister the way that Ashley and Candace did. 
And that makes sense. I believe that. And I, you know, I love me some Karen, but because she is the grand dom, she thinks that the newbies should have to like kiss the ring. And Wendy wasn't with all that. So Karen was probably like, yeah, she needs to get out of here. <laughs> she, she needs to get out of here. And then we move over to Candace and Andy's like, hey girl, um, I heard you finally moved out of your mama's house. What's going on there? And Candace is like, oh, that's what you heard. We'll talk about it once my husband comes out here. Thank you. Then he's like, okay, let's talk about your song <laughs> and how coffee and love compares to I see you. And Candace was like, LOL, it does not compare. <laughs> and it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. We talked about this last week or whenever Ashley said her little go-go beat comment. In this, just when Candace said it doesn't compare, it reminded me of one of <laughs> one of Joan the Scammer's videos. Do y'all remember Joan the Scammer? <laughs> Oh, God, me and my friends went through a serious Joan the Scammer phase at one point. Like, we could not have a conversation without quoting her. It was actually ridiculous. Anyway, um, on one of her videos, she was like, you know, you really jumped out the window when you compared yourself to me. I'm this and you're that. You can't compare where you don't compete, so don't do it. And this moment felt a lot like that Joan the Scammer moment. And I loved it because it's true. She is like, yeah, it, it doesn't compare. Like, my song is an actual song without auto-tune. And, honey, Ashley did not appreciate that. She piped up talking about how she was, she performed it without auto-tune and without any glitches a bunch of times. And Candace was like, perfect, that's great. But your vocals are trash, so, you know. And listen, everything Candace is saying is true. I don't like that bitch, but she is not lying right now. Ashley, you know you can't sing. Please be serious. Come on now. So the your vocals are trash comment really got to Ashley. And she's like, oh, you're always calling somebody trash. Have you looked in a mirror? You say disgusting stuff on social media. And then they start arguing. And they start talking about each other's husbands. Candace says Michael is itching and Ashley's like, don't talk about my husband. <laughs> Candace was like, you butted your forehead into my conversation. So cut it out. And I was just like, oh my God, she's never going to let this forehead thing go with Ashley. But like, whatever. Then we get a question from a viewer about Candace's bad behavior on Twitter. And Andy tells her again <laughs> that she is a disaster on Twitter. And she's like, no, I'm a person that responds when I'm being attacked. And Ashley was like, no, it's beyond that. And I fully agree. But then Candace is like, girl, worry about your husband and your kids or something. And Ashley was like, don't talk about my family. And Robin was like, um, she didn't say anything about them. She just mentioned that you had them. That's not an insult. Like, what did she say? Your, your son looks like Michael. And Ashley was like, yeah, is that not rude? And Robin did not know what to say to that. And I don't either. Because listen, it's not rude to say that a kid looks like his dad, right? It's like, oh, he looks like his daddy. That's so cute or whatever. But if Ashley is taking it as an insult, does that mean that she thinks Michael's unattractive or like what's happening here? I'm so confused. So then we get another question from a viewer about why the ladies didn't give Ashley the same energy that they gave Candace as far as her, you know, talking about people's personal lives. And I think it was uh, Robin that answered and said it's because Ashley apologizes. And yeah, I mean, it's just as simple as that. Um, then we get another viewer question asking if they think colorism is a factor and why people on social media are calling Candace and Wendy aggressive. And I think so. Um, it's something that happens without people even knowing it. In the same way that like covert racism works or like microaggressions, you know what I mean? It's very subtle and you likely don't even realize it's happening unless it's directed towards you. And it's still a huge, huge issue. So Monique and Ashley dismissed Wendy when she was explaining it and like how it affected her. And that pissed me off. But Robin handled it wonderfully. She heard Wendy and what she was saying. And she was like, okay, I will never use words like aggressive to describe a brown or dark skinned woman again, because I don't want to feed into this, um, into the stereotype or add fuel to this fire. But all Ashley did was get defensive. And 
Wendy wasn't even saying that Ashley is colorist. She was saying you have to be careful about the words you use because it's more harmful than you realize because other people hear you say it and then they just take that shit and run. I mean, you've all been on Twitter. You see how the shit goes. So you, as a light-skinned person, have a responsibility not to play into this colorism shit. It's the same thing that we get upset about, you know, when we would talk about experiencing racism and having white people dismiss it or be like, no, that's not why that happened. Are you sure it wasn't this? Are you sure it wasn't that? Like, yes, bitch, I'm sure. We we have to start listening to each other and taking accountability and changing our behavior and calling people out on their racist, colorist words and actions so this shit can come to an end. Racism, colorism, homophobia, transphobia, all of it. It's got to go. And the only way it's, that's going to go is if people, especially the ones with privilege, listen, learn, and act accordingly. We're not going to get there by fighting people on their experiences and dismissing them when they try and talk about it. It's just not going to happen. So then Andy was like, well, what word should, you know, should we use instead? And Wendy was like, I don't know, just like anything else. In the meantime, Monique is over there like, oh, you know, words like hood rat or ghetto because that's what y'all called me. Is that better? And no, it's absolutely not. See, Wendy is guilty of it as well. And I bet she didn't even realize when she was doing it. You know what I'm saying? So like I said, everyone needs to be listening and taking accountability here because it's all really harmful. But this conversation is like so much bigger than this reunion. It needs way more time, you know, to be discussed. But hopefully it starts some meaningful conversations with uh, some viewers. I don't know. I'm... (laughs) I'm scared to look at Twitter, to be honest. It's like the Wild West over there. Um, So then we get another viewer question asking Candace if she thinks she provokes people. And she says she uses her words very well and that it's to her detriment. So basically, no, (laughs) she doesn't think that she provokes people, which is hilarious. Giselle says... Candace hits below the belt and Andy says <laughs> that he thinks Candace's life will be so much easier the more she eases up on Twitter. And I agree. That's where it's really bad. She runs her mouth on the show. And I think, I think for the most part, it's regular like housewives level shit. Every now and then she takes it too far. But I mean, tons of housewives do that as well. But Twitter that's where she really does too much. So I completely agree with Andy, but I don't see her easing up on Twitter at all. So there's that. Um, Candace also tells us that she's in grad school and she bought a new house. Congratulations to her. Um, then there's like a little break and Ashley, during this break, Ashley asks Monique if she thinks that, um, her and Candace will ever bury the hatchet. And Monique is like, no, absolutely not. Like, I, I can't bury the hatchet with someone who takes no accountability and all the shit she was trying to pull, like, with Giselle and the rumors and stuff. Like, it's a no for me. And I was like, I mean, that's fair. You know, hatchets do not always have to be buried. Or, like, maybe actually you can bury the hatchet, but then just let it stay buried. <laughs> and like, you guys don't actually have to be friends or anything. You could just be cordial, but I don't even see that happening with them. That's why I'm not sure who's who's coming back next season and who's not. Everyone's saying that both of them are set to come back and like no one's leaving. But I don't know how they're going to do that unless they start filming together, you know, and we can't have, you know, this one not being invited to this and that. And, you know, because we like barely got any Monique after the fight. I just don't know how that'll work. And I really feel like it would be Monique that would not be coming back. So... I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, I got off track. Okay. So then they move over to Giselle and (laughs) there's a question about, um, Giselle's home decor style. And she's like, listen, I like what I like and it all works together. And Karen was like, I mean, (laughs) not really, but go on girl. Do you? (laughs) And Karen says that Giselle's house has a Ronald McDonald theme to it. Which I feel like is almost giving her too much credit. Like, no, it's worse than that. So then we get another viewer question about Every Hue Beauty. And Giselle explains that 
the manufacturer shut down because of COVID. So she's not selling anything at the moment. And Karen has, <laughs> Karen has a lot to say about it, you know, because Giselle stays coming for her and her businesses. And Karen was like, hmm, well, word on the street is that every hue beauty has been liquidated. So there's that. And Giselle don't even say nothing. She's like, whatever, bitch, I already answered this question. <laughs> so I don't care what you're saying. So then we get into the Giselle and Jamal of it all. And she says that the show has helped her girls and Jamal have some tough conversations that needed to be had. But she doesn't say <laughs> if they still feel the same or support the relationship or anything like that, though. So who really cares? Like, that's the information that we want to know. I don't care that they're talking to each other about it. If you're not going to tell us how the conversations went. So then she says that she's still with Jamal and Karen <laughs> says word on the street is it's all for show and they're just pretending to be together because he just fathered a new baby earlier this year. So Karen is like, well, that's what I heard. So what's the truth, babe? And Giselle completely ignores Karen completely. And she's like, Andy, do you have any more questions for me? <laughs> and Andy's like, um, yes. So would you stay with Jamal if he had a baby with another woman? And she does not answer the question. She says, <laughs> she says he has not had a baby with another woman, which like I said, is not only not an answer to the question, but it's also a lie. He absolutely fathered a new child earlier this year. So stop lying. Then Monique joins in and she's like, well, he told his girlfriend at the time that y'all's relationship is fake and it was just for show. And Giselle was like, mm, okay, thanks. And Andy's messy ass is like, wait, <laughs> wait, Monique, how do you know that? And she was like, because the woman reached out to me and she sent me screenshots and photos. Meanwhile, Candace says to Wendy that Monique has been waiting, just waiting to drop these receipts for a while now. Then Monique pulls out the binder. She flips to the Giselle tab, which she has lovingly named <laughs> Last Lady, and pulls out the screenshots. I love an organized queen, by the way. Side note. I just want to go over how she has each section labeled. So she has a tab for everyone, including herself. Uh, I'm going to read off the tabs. So she has Monique, former friend, Post-It, Wendy, Robin, Last Lady, Karen, and Ashley. Former friend is Sharice, Post-It is Candace, and Last Lady is Giselle. It is hilarious. I would pay a disgusting amount of money for that binder. And I mean it. I really want to see what's in there. Like, what did she put in under her uh, section? Like, why does she have one for herself? And I'm so confused. And I want to see the Sharice. I just want to see all of it, y'all. <laughs> I want to see all of it. Um, okay, back on track. So after Monique pulls out the screenshots, Andy's like, so, I mean, how do we know these are real? And she reads out the phone number and Giselle confirms that it is indeed Jamal's phone number. And she says that she's just not bothered by this and she doesn't believe anything that Monique is saying, but she is clearly shook by this information. It's all over her face. Then, interestingly enough, Candace has a lot to say about Monique and her receipt binder and calls her disgusting. <laughs> Girl, if you don't shut the hell up. Somebody please bring up Candace's Twitter feed and then we can really talk about someone being disgusting. Like, girl, please, you tried it. Oh my God. So then Monique was like, um, yeah, absolutely. I'm bringing receipts since you want to talk all that trash about me and my husband. And listen, I know a lot of people are saying that Monique took it too far, but I don't think so. Giselle and Candace are some, I can dish it, but I can't take it ass bitches if I've ever seen one. I swear. Giselle runs her mouth so fucking much and has hated Monique and just came for her since day one. It's a wonder Monique took this long to air her shit out like this. And then Monique was like, yeah, Pastor Holy Whore, <laughs> Pastor Holy Whore ain't coming here today because he's sleeping with people in the congregation at this very moment and you know it. And Giselle says nothing. She says nothing the entire time. And I believe it's because she knows it's true. And she wasn't prepared for this to happen today. She showed up at this reunion ready to do her usual Giselle shit and have no one challenge her. Imagine her surprise when Monique turned to the last lady tab in that binder and started reading those messages. Woo! Oh my God. Anyway, that was it for part one. And it was a fucking doozy, y'all. 
And next week, it looks like uh, they get into the fight for part two. So that's going to be something else as well. (laughs) All right, let's move on to Atlanta. So we're at Kenya's house and she's in a dress with her big titties, just sitting pretty. She's got heels on. She's got a leaf blower in hand. And she just looks so silly (laughs) blowing these leaves away off of her deck because she's expecting company. So then enter Cynthia through the backyard and she is looking for snakes because there's a lot of snakes at Lake Bailey, y'all. And I said, oh my Lord, look at my mama. That is my mother literally at all times. I am not kidding. She is terrified of snakes. And y'all know, because remember that time I told y'all I was at her house over the summer and she was out doing something. She wasn't at home. And I went outside and I opened the garage door. And as soon as that garage door lifted up, a snake slithered its ass right on in. I had to get the neighbors over there to get it. It was a whole thing. (laughs) But anyways, yeah, my mom is always on the lookout for snakes everywhere. She just walks around, looking around, talking about, "Mm, I bet it's some snakes in there. (laughs) I bet it's some snakes in there. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God. One time I showed her a picture that um, my friend sent me while he was in Ireland, I think. And it was just a picture of him and his boyfriend. And they were laying in like this tall grass on this mountain. And it was gorgeous. And the first thing out of her mouth was, oh my God, they weren't worried about the possible snakes in the grass. I mean, it's pretty, but oh my God, you can't see if there's snakes in there. I was like, oh my God, you have issues, lady. I can't, I can't. But enough about my mom and her snake phobia. Let's get back on track. So um, Kenya and Cynthia are hanging out and she's telling Cynthia that Latoya is coming to join them for their little hangout. And Cynthia seems annoyed because she's like, oh, so you just invited this new bitch that we just met last night? to your house? Okay, girl, whatever, I guess. And she's surprised because Kenya is Kenya and she doesn't generally get along with people right off the bat (laughs) or people that she's known for a long time, honestly. Um, so she is like, what is going on? So Latoya shows up and I gotta say, I'm feeling her immediately. Her spirit agrees with mine. Also, she's gorgeous and I love her hair. She inspired me to braid my hair, so now my hair is braided. (laughs) Oh my god, I sound like a fucking extra in Mean Girls. I'm giving, I saw Katie Heron wearing army pants and flip-flops, so I bought army pants and flip-flops energy, but you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm a mean girl stand for life, so (laughs) it is what it is. Hopefully she doesn't make me regret saying that her spirit agrees with mine, though. We'll see. Obviously, Kenya feels the same since she just met the bitch last night and she's at her house now. And then (laughs) Kenya has the nerve to say that she's a great judge of character. And I'm like, Kenya, I love you, but that is false. I mean, look at your husband. I don't even think I need to go any further than that. (laughs) Please. So Latoya says that she is living in the house with her husband and her three kids, but her and her husband are separated but it's all good because she definitely wants to divorce his ass. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess we won't be seeing him. (laughs) And then the conversation shifts over to Kenya and Mark. And she says that she hasn't filed for divorce yet. Toya's like, oh, well, you're just going through a rough patch, which Trinidadian people call a tabanka. I feel like I'm saying that wrong. So another thing that I like about Latoya is that she's teaching me new things. (laughs) She taught us Tabanka and Horner. And Horner means cheater. And they say reality TV isn't educational. (laughs) Well, it is. (laughs) Okay, so then we see uh, Portia's mom and her sister at Portia's house. And they're watching PJ while Portia is getting her Portia Luther King on in Louisville. And PJ is just so cute. (laughs) I cannot stand it. (laughs) So then Portia calls and she's talking about her experience and being locked up and I start crying again. And I was like, okay, I guess I just need to prepare myself for crying anytime it's like a Portia scene this season. This bitch has got me crying at the Real Housewives of Atlanta for the second week in a row. What is happening to the world? (laughs) Seriously. So she finally comes home and 
Lauren and her mom are so happy and I feel that like I know they're so proud of everything that she's doing but they got to be so worried at the same time I know I would be I would be a nervous fucking wreck like please hurry up and get home now and don't ever leave again thank you (laughs) so she gets home and she's talking to her mom about her relationship with Dennis and she's like yeah you know what things just like are not right it's not feeling right and I'm like yeah because he's trash (laughs) take out the trash and then you can continue to flourish on your own. Okay. So then, uh, we see Cynthia meeting Drew Sedora at dinner. So (laughs) enter Drew with a boot on her foot, a la Brandy Glanville in her first season of Beverly Hills. And I was like, okay, coming in hot with the injury. I see you. So she starts talking about her acting career and then (laughs) she throws some shade at Kenya while she does it. Cynthia was like, yeah, you know, Kenya acts. Have you seen her around at all? And Drew was basically like, no, that bitch is old. We're in different age brackets. (laughs) And I was like, okay, (laughs) all right now, Drew. At this point, I'm, I'm like, I'm not sure about Drew. She seems really on to me. You know what I mean? And I can't tell if this is the real her or if she's putting on for the cameras because she is an actress after all. So like, I don't, I don't dislike her, but I can't say that I like her either. TBD. So then we see Drew at home and she's got the cutest little family and her husband is fine and her kids are adorable, especially that little girl. Oh my God, I die. So we find out it's her six year anniversary with her husband and that they got married only six months after meeting each other. And then we also find out that her mom is a pastor and she don't play. <laughs> okay. We get a little clip of her telling Ralph about himself. And I was like, oh, okay, Pastor Jay. We might need to give her a peach. I don't know. TBD. <laughs> then we head on over to Riley's graduation. Congratulations to her. Candy is so proud of Riley and it's actually the cutest thing ever. The way that she's like looking at her high school diploma, just like in awe, is so sweet. I'm like, oh my God, could you imagine how she'd be if Riley went off and got four degrees like Wendy? She would fall the fuck out. <laughs> like She could not take it. So then Todd pulls out a stack of cash and is like, congratulations. Here's something to get you started. I know New York is going to be expensive. And I have two issues with this. Issue number one. I want to know how much money that was. Was it 1000 5000 10000 How much was it? I couldn't see. Um, issue number two. I just think it's funny that he can give Riley a stack of cash to like get her started, knowing that Candy is going to make sure she's good. But then he has an issue with Candy trying to help his daughter, Kayla, financially. Like make it make sense, babe, because it's not making sense right now. Whatever. So then we head on over to Lake Bailey and Latoya shows up with Kenya and (laughs) Cynthia has got the spread laid out for them. Okay. She's got all this food, but she has the audacity to have fake grapes (laughs) on the platter with the meatballs. Girl, what the hell is wrong with you? You can get all of this food, but no real grapes. Like also it just didn't even need to be there. Like, just the meatballs alone on that plate by themselves would have been fine. Like, what were you thinking about? (laughs) I don't get it. So then Marlo shows up and I'm thrilled to see her as usual. And Cynthia forces Marlo to sit next to Kenya. And I'm like, oh, Lord, here we go. And I mean that in the best way possible. I love both of their messy asses. So I'm like, yes, give it to me. (laughs) Let's do this. So... They start talking about um, why Candy's not there because it's Riley's graduation. And then somehow they get on the subject of Riley's first car being a Porsche. And Latoya's like, oh, my sugar daddy bought me my first car and it was a Porsche. (laughs) So then Marla's like, oh, you can teach me how to get a sugar daddy. And almost immediately, Kenya and myself were like, bitch, please. You're the one that can teach us how to get sugar daddies because we know you have them. You told us. (laughs) So then Latoya says that she met her sugar daddy at strip club. And then her and Kenya have this like very flirty moment. That's very confusing to Marlo and Mike, who just emerged from downstairs to get a little snack. And he looks terrified. 
He don't know what the hell is going on. All he knows is it's loud and he is scared. He's like, let me hurry up and get my meatballs and go. Then Drew shows up and we get the Kenya we know and love back because she's like, oh my God, Cynthia, where do you get these strays? You just go hang out at the pound or something? Like what is happening? And I was like, <laughs> yikes. So yeah, she's she's underwhelmed by Drew, very much like Karen was with Wendy. However, she is into her husband and I am too. <laughs> also, Ralph and Mike already knew each other. So they're friends and Ralph is going to hang out with Mike. And that's why he's there. Because I was definitely with the ladies on this one. Like, what is he doing here? This is a girl's thing. Even LaToya was like, why is our man here? I'll literally tell him to leave. And I was like, oh, how Ramona Singer of you. I love that. Love that. So everyone is kind of like making small talk with Drew. And LaToya keeps interrupting and being very rude. Okay. She already whispered to Kenya that Drew looked like she had a pet on her head. And then someone asked Drew how she hurt herself. And as she's explaining it, LaToya was like, yeah, I don't care about that. I would like some more wine. And I'm thinking, do you need some more wine though? Like, are you drunk and that's why you're being rude? Or is this just you? I don't care. I'm just trying to get my bearings here. So LaToya goes to the kitchen to get some more wine. And when she comes back, she interrupts Drew yet again. And she's like, okay, Drew, this is why I don't like you. And Drew and everyone else, myself included, were like, wait, what? You don't like her? Like, what happened? Uh, and nothing happened. She was just playing. She's like, I don't like you because you broke up Melanie and Derwin on the game. <laughs> Side note, if you've never watched the show The Game, do that. It's a great show and it's right there on Netflix for your viewing pleasure. So then Marlo and LaToya are in the kitchen and Marlo is telling LaToya, not to tell Kenya all of her business because she'll use it against her at some point. And I was like, okay, this is actually some good advice. <laughs> this is good advice. Hopefully she will listen, but I doubt it. Um, but what she will do is tell Kenya what Marlo said when they leave. And this will just add fuel to their little fire. Anyway, LaToya is like, okay, so don't take any advice from her either. And Marlo was like, I mean, you can take advice from her on how to pronounce certain words. <laughs> Y'all, when I tell you, <laughs> I screamed because she because she was being dead serious, too. I love Marlo. <laughs> I fucking love her. And she also said that Kenya couldn't keep a man if Jesus paid her to. And I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, we haven't seen her with a decent man yet, so I'm not sure that we can say that. <laughs> I don't know. So then we see Mike and Ralph hanging out and they're talking about marriage. And this is the first time that I gave uh, Ralph a little side eye because he's like, yeah, marriage is wild. I had to be Drew's nurse and take care of her. And I'm like, okay, you're saying it like it's a big deal. Like that is your wife. You literally vowed to do this in sickness and in health. Remember? And then he says that sometimes he just has to leave the house when he's mad. For days, not for a couple of hours, do you know, to cool off. He said for days. And I was like, hmm, I don't know about you. I got my eye on you, Ralph. And Mike was looking at him the same way. So then the, the ladies uh, make their way outside for the wine tasting. And Cynthia has all of this black owned wine for them to try. And she plans on carrying it at the Bailey wine cellar. So then LaToya says she's going to set Kenya up with someone. And Kenya was like, girl, please, that is not happening. And Drew was like, um, yeah, because she's married. And LaToya was like, yeah, but she's separated so she can do whatever she wants. And Drew was like, what? <laughs> what? What vows did you take? And LaToya was like, I'm separated and I want to have fun. So I'm going to do that and just get back with my man in a year. And I was like, wait, what? Earlier you said you were going to divorce him. What is the truth? So then Drew was like, okay, but if you get back together after you've had your fun, that could cause some issues because at the end of the day, you were still married when you had your fun. Then they get into this whole thing about what a separation means. And listen, I'm not married. I've never been married, so I can't really speak on this. But I will say that separation seems like one of those things that is like different for everyone. 
maybe LaToya and her husband decided that they can see other people while they're separated. Who knows? Um, you know, like Meredith and Seth from Salt Lake City are separated, but they're only dating each other. Well, Seth thinks Meredith is dating someone else, but that's not the point. They're separating to give each other space to figure out if they still want to be together or not. And that's what Drew's definition of separation is. She's like, if you want to date other people, you should probably just get a divorce. But Latoya's like, no, if we're separated, I'm having my fun. And that's that. <laughs> so then Marlo is like, Drew, you've been married for six years. You should give Latoya some advice. And I was like, um, six years isn't that long. Like, I don't know about all that now. <laughs> okay. So then Drew starts talking about her marital issues with Ralph and she's like, yeah, when we fight, you know, we'll say we're getting a divorce and, you know, that we talk to lawyers and we'll get our own places and all of that. And I was like, okay, that is not healthy. <laughs> that is not healthy. Then she said that just the week before they got into a fight, he left and he was gone for three days and she had no idea where he was. Girl, what? And this is why you can't just be taking marriage advice from people just because they're married. You don't know where the fuck he was for three days. I would have been yelling divorce for real. Like, I'm not even kidding. So in conclusion, LaToya, don't listen to Drew or take marriage advice from her. Her shit is a mess. So after hearing this conversation, Kenya decides she is going to file for divorce. And I'm like, yes, thank God we're making good decisions here. So then we see Drew and Ralph, um, they're having their little anniversary dinner. And I'm going to preface this by saying this is one of the moments that the Bravo app was really on its bullshit because the glitches were out of control. Hopefully I didn't miss anything. So here we go. So Ralph has got the house decorated, chef coming through, and it's very nice, but it's short lived. Okay. Because they have one sip of champagne and one bite of food before they start talking about their issues at their anniversary dinner. Drew is like, transparency is important and you don't do that. You think it's cool for you to just dip and not say anything to me about it? You have to tell me when you're going on a trip, where you're going and how long you're going to be there. And I'm just sitting here like watching in awe. Like this is not a conversation that grown people in a marriage should have to have. Yet here we are. And he's just not hearing it. He's just making excuses and saying she doesn't understand men and how much pressure he is under and that leaving is better for him than staying and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, that's all well and good. But what does any of that have to do with you communicating to me where you are going and for how long? Nothing. You're deflecting and it's very concerning. So she's like, you are dancing around the issue and the issue is you left and you didn't tell me where you went and you weren't really talking to me while you were gone either. So where the fuck did you go? And he's honestly acting like this whole thing is no big deal. And he's like, it doesn't matter. Yes, it does. <laughs> what the fuck? Yes, it does matter. So she's like, if you don't tell me where you went, then we don't need to move forward. And he's like, how does it help you to know where I was? What? Ralph, are you dumb? So then he finally says that he went to Tampa and I'm like, okay, what was so hard about that? Like, why were you keeping this a secret? I don't trust him, y'all. Ralph, Ralph is a fuck boy and I hate him. I think this is the fastest I've ever turned on someone on one of these shows. All it took was one episode. That's a record. Also, we found out that Ralph has cameras in the house and is constantly watching them. So he knew where she was and was all in her shit, but she had no idea where this man was for three days. She thought he was downstairs. Drew, you need to get those divorce papers going now. This man is a gaslighting lunatic and a possible serial killer. I'm not even kidding. He's like so controlling and manipulative. It's terrifying. Get away from him. And that's it for Atlanta. Looks like we're going to get some uh, Cynthia wedding drama next week. So that should be... <laughs> That should be fun. All right, let's move on to Below Deck. So uh, Captain Lee and Eddie and Shane are having a meeting and Shane comes into this meeting knowing he's in trouble. And Captain Lee is like, listen, the learning curve is steep and people sometimes underestimate how much work it is. And I just don't have time for that. So you got to go. And with that, little Shaney is done. Goodbye, Shane. Also, I think it's important to note that when Francesca was telling Elizabeth that Shane was fired, she was like, yeah, he wasn't pulling his weight, so he had to go. And that comment went right on over Elizabeth's head. 
Like, bitch, you are next if you don't step it up. Pay attention, police. So then everyone is saying goodbye to Shane and he's looking for Rachel and Francesca goes to tell her that Shane was fired and he's out on the deck if she wants to say bye. And she's like, no, I'm good on that. He made his bed so he can lie in it. And I was like, um, (laughs) all of that is true. But what does that have to do with you saying bye to him? Like, I don't remember him ever doing anything to her for her to be so angry and saying, don't let the passerelle hit you on the way out. Like, (laughs) it's just rude for no reason. And I'm like, hmm, maybe you're not as cool as I thought you were because this is fucking weird. So after Shane leaves, Elizabeth is talking to Eddie and she's like, it's just disheartening that it's so like militaristic. And Eddie's like, well, that's just boats. Like, that's just how it works. So as she's complaining about how tight of a ship they run, Francesca is calling her on the radio and she's not answering. Then Francesca emerges and she's like, hey, I've been calling you. I need you to do X, Y, Z. And instead of being like, okay, sorry, I'll get right on it. Elizabeth is like, oh, well, I've just been working on this other thing that you told me to do. Okay, number one, were you really? Because it looks like you were just standing there talking to Eddie. Number two, What does you allegedly doing a task have to do with your ability to answer the radio when I call you? Number three, just do what I ask without all the extra comments, please. Thank you. So then she's like, okay, I'll do it. And she makes a crazy face to Eddie. Like, you know, can you believe this? And she's like, oh my God, it's not like I was out here dancing. Um, no, but you weren't working. And that's the point. Also, Eddie kind of makes a face after Francesca um, asks Elizabeth to like work. And I don't know why, because if that was Shane, he would have done the same thing. So what the fuck? So then Rachel is saying that she's stressed because she feels like she's in the middle of all of the Francesca Elizabeth drama, but it's mostly because she misses her boyfriend. And I'm like, okay, so is that why you were being rude to Shane earlier? Because I still don't get it. (laughs) So... Francesca calls the girls up for a meeting and she says that they're doing well with the charter and she gives Ash all these compliments and she's like, okay, you can go because I need to talk to Elizabeth alone. And I'm like, "Uh oh, so she tells her again how important it is to make sure that the guests are top priority and just do better. And Elizabeth is like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I'll do better. But (laughs) but I think we all know that this is as good as it's going to get. Elizabeth is not going to do better. So then we have a crew night out and Rachel says she's going to get wasted. So I was like, okay, maybe we're finally getting the proper crew night out that I've been waiting to see. So we're at dinner and Elizabeth is toasty and she starts flirting with James and he's obviously super into it, but he seems surprised, pleasantly surprised, but surprised nonetheless. Then out of nowhere, Rachel just starts crying at dinner because she misses her boyfriend. And I'm like, oh Lord, here we go. So then they leave dinner And in the van, Elizabeth is complaining about Francesca telling her to step it up and do better. And since Rachel is in a mood and she's very drunk, she tells Elizabeth to shut the fuck up, suck it up and do the work. And I'm like, okay, your delivery was a little off, but I do agree with what she was saying. And it's interesting that Elizabeth didn't have anything to say about Rachel's negative energy in that moment since she's steady calling Francesca negative. Just so annoying. Um, And so I was wrong. They didn't even go out. Just another night of going to dinner. What the fuck, y'all? I'm out here trying to convince people that this season isn't completely whack and y'all can't even give me a proper crew night out. What is happening? I've never seen anything like this and I'm not pleased. This is why people think this season is boring. Go out, get blasted, hook up with each other and fight. (laughs) This is below deck for Christ's sake. What is going on? So the next day, um, Captain Lee is annoyed because, (laughs) because James is a dumbass. And while they're out there cleaning the boat, he keeps going right behind Izzy and cleaning the same exact thing that she just cleaned. And Captain Lee caught him doing this twice. And it's like, James, do you want to get fired? Shane literally just got fired yesterday for being useless. And here you are doing the same thing the very next day. Like, (laughs) explain yourself. Meanwhile, Rachel is in the bathroom sobbing because she misses her boyfriend. And I'm like, girl, you've got to pull it together. 
this is too much. This is ridiculous. And she wants him to come see her, but he's not sure if he can because of coronavirus. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Here we fucking go. So then we see Elizabeth saying that she needs to bleach a shirt and she's got this bucket and she puts the bleach in and some soap in and she's asking whether she should put hot or cold water in there. And Francesca is like, you need to put cold water in there, but you need to make sure you take it outside because it'll smell up the boat. Now, Francesca also makes a slick comment that was uncalled for when Elizabeth asked uh, her question. She was like, well, did you read the instructions? Like, maybe you should do that. And I'm like, okay, well, that's rude. Like, no need to, (laughs) no need for that. So that made me think maybe she's making comments like that to Elizabeth that we're not seeing. I don't know. So, of course, Elizabeth doesn't take the bleach bucket outside. She leaves it in the laundry room. And next thing you know, the girls start feeling dizzy. I wonder why. So then they get the chief engineer and he comes down and he's like, I smell something volatile in here. He's like, y'all get out so I can try and figure out where it's coming from and what it is. So he finds the bleach and soap mixture that Elizabeth made. And he tells Francesca that's why they were feeling dizzy. Because apparently this mixture was used in World War II as mustard gas. And as he's telling her this, she looks pissed because she's like, I know I told that bitch to take that shit outside and she didn't do it. And oh, Elizabeth is just so scatterbrained. It's just so frustrating to see. So Francesca tells Elizabeth that it was her fault and Immediately, Elizabeth gets defensive and she starts talking over Francesca and saying she's done that before and other chief stews have done it before and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this is half your problem right here. You don't listen and you have to listen. It's very important. You about to damn kill us because you weren't listening when your chief stew told you to take that shit outside. So now Francesca is going up to talk to Captain Lee about getting rid of Elizabeth. And he's like, I mean... We cannot do that before this charter. We're already down a crew member and I just don't have the time to find someone else, but we can talk about it after this charter is over. Meanwhile, Elizabeth is out on the deck talking to Rachel about the whole situation. And Rachel's like, yeah, I mean, just go to Captain Lee with your issues. Little do they know, Francesca is right around the corner listening to the whole conversation. So she walks out there to just let them know that she's there and that she heard them. And then she walks away. So then Elizabeth is like, hey, can I talk to you? And Francesca was like, no, absolutely not. (laughs) And Rachel was like, oh, shit. So then Elizabeth goes to talk to Captain Lee. And she's like, hey, I just want to know what's going on. And he's like, um, nothing. (laughs) She's like, so I'm not fired? And he's like, no, just do your job well and you'll be fine. Elizabeth, you simple bitch. If you're fired, someone will let you know. I promise they're not going to leave it up to you to find out whether you still have a job or not. Like, come on. So then Rachel tries to apologize to Francesca about, you know, talking to Elizabeth earlier. And Francesca was just like, no, I'm not trying to hear this right now. I don't trust either one of you bitches. And Rachel's like, oh, perfect. That's just great. Great. (laughs) You know, she's already in a bad mood. So this doesn't help it. So then we have the preference sheet meeting and the guests that are about to come on, their preference sheet is insane and everyone is super annoyed but Rachel especially and she even she even says eat my cooter right in front of Captain Lee Captain Lee y'all and she continues she's like no fuck them like that's absurd if you want to pay me $16,000 a month to be your private chef in Monaco then we'll talk that's a ridiculous amount of work to put on one chef like I don't play these games I want to go home I'm going to start packing, like also suck my dick. (laughs) She's just, she was going off and Captain Lee is like, okay, well, why don't we try to talk to them first and see if they're as bad as they appear to be on paper? And she's like, no, fuck yourself, fuck yourself. And (laughs) I know that she wasn't directing that towards Captain Lee, (laughs) but it just felt like it. And I got really mad, but obviously she wasn't. That was directed towards the guests. So then she's like, no, literally, like, I'm quitting and I mean it. And it's the day before the charter. And I was just speechless. I didn't even know what to think. So I was like, is she, is she really going to quit or is she just mad? You know? So I'm speechless. 
they're speechless. They're all like, what the fuck? So then um, after she cooled down a little bit, Captain Lee was like, okay, is there any chance that you could do lunch and dinner just for one day? And she's like, no, there's nothing you can do. Sorry. And listen, I'm all for like not staying in a job or a position that is just not good for your mental health and all of that. But but this is not how you leave a job. You've got to give some kind of notice. Like you can't just up and leave like that. It's fucked up. Like it's not cool. And I was just like, oh my God, what a mess. And that's where it ends. We'll see how this all plays out next week. And I'm sure it's not going to be pretty. (laughs) God bless them. Um, But yeah, so I'll be back in a few days to talk about Salt Lake City. In the meantime, check me out on Patreon at patreon.com slash bitches better for some fun bonus content. And make sure you follow me on Instagram and Twitter at mainly bravo. I love y'all. Bye.